0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast The teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga We believe that this message Is going to open up the seals And cause you to have a deeper revelation Into the word of God That will make you see beyond the letters in the word Here is Dr. David Praise the Lord Once again thank you for The audience and your desire to say true and to receive the word. Like I said, uh, I want to do a section this time around to stimulate our thinking. Uh, because you see, this is the thing. When a lie have been believed for a long time, it becomes truth i don't know if you get that when you have a lie going on and it's been there for years it becomes truth but the fact remains that it is still a lie i want to touch something that i will say all of us have believed for so long so please uh, bear with me and and listen, because the common thing is always like. As a matter of fact, when I was teaching in those days on the kingdom of God, there was a sister of fellowship with us. The senior sister was in Church of God' mission. So one day, senior sister called and said, "Look, this man you are following." Is teaching you errors. How can he say the kingdom of God is here when Jesus has not come again? So there was a battle between them. Just the next week, that senior sister went to a convention in Benin. And then the late Bishop Edahosa was in the meeting. And so the choir began to sing about um being taken home you know and in in relation to the rapture that's what i mean so it also stood up and said hey stop that that according to the book of revelation jesus said the kingdom of this world are becoming the kingdom of our lord and of his Christ and it shall reign forever and ever then the sister got back home and met the junior sister and said Bishop told us today, I mean, this convention, that what we have ever believed is not true. So it looks like what your pastor is saying is the truth. Now, why I'm giving you this background story is what I'm about to say, not many popular pastors, leaders, bishop or not bishops, and archbishops in this country, I would say all over the world, says it. So don't use them to compare what I want to say. That's what I'm saying, what I want to say. <laughs> I just want the scripture to talk to us. Are you with us? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the test we want to be dealing with is John 14, 1 and 2. Or perhaps to so up to verse 3. That's what I really want to deal with. Hallelujah. Okay. All right, so, um, John chapter 14, it has to do with my father's house. 1 and 2. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In the first place, why would Jesus be saying this to the disciples? You've got to answer that first. And don't forget this. The Bible was not written in chapters. It was one straight book. But for convenience, those who are compiling have to break it into chapters. So for you to understand this statement here, you have to go back to chapter 13. Remove chapter 14. Join this up to chapter... um, Remove chapter 14, just that And join this up to the last verse. And then you read through chapter 13. Then you can understand why Jesus made this statement. Amen. Alright, so just go to verse 2. Verse 2 says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. We want to deal with that issue of Father's house. Amen? What is a house in the first place? Now, that, how does the Bible apply this term, Father's house? What did Jesus really mean? What did Jesus really mean, my Father's house? like we read now what was jesus promising the disciples when he said go and prepare a place for you was that a physical building in heaven if so is it talking taking him or taking us now that's to say why is it taking jesus many 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 years to build that mansion and it's not finished because the first thing you have to understand here, the promise was made to his own disciples. Hallelujah. And this promise was made some 2,000 years ago. It's like, is the construction work still going on? And if not, why? Now, there was this popular preacher one big ministry in this country as well then my, the last girl in the house was small but I told this some 15 years ago when we started the fellowship and she was in the congregation like this one and so one day there was this big man that was on television and he was teaching from here and the man said do you know why Jesus have not come to take us home The audience said, No, no, daddy. Say, you see, for every little child that is born, Jesus is building their mansion. By implication, she just stood up, went in, and switched out the TV. Then I asked her, What have you done? That he said, What is this man saying? Every little child, Jesus is building a mansion for them. So when will the mansion get finished? Because women are giving birth every day. Praise the Lord. Now, I just want you to think a little bit. I need to ask you this question A house and a mansion, which one is bigger? What would you say? Mansion. mansion. Now, does it mean Jesus was not educated enough to know that a mansion is bigger than a house? Or why will he promise you? many mansions in a house because I say in my father's house are many mansions so is Jesus not perhaps he wasn't educated like we are or we are getting the statement wrong I'm taking my time because I want you to catch up on the follow because to have many mansions in a house is like having this type of upstairs in the bus quarter. Can that work? So he either that Jesus is wrong or we are wrong. With that statement alone, he said that he is wrong or we are the ones that are wrong. So let's try to correct what is wrong. But also following what Jesus said. Praise the Lord. So why would Jesus say like I said. Be stating the opposite. Saying he will put many mansions in a house. Now the word mansion. I mean house. Is the Hebrew word by it. By it simply means a house. It actually speaks of a family. And a temple the word by it and in the greek is okay which means a family specifically a domestic family a home a house praise the lord the noun form of the word Okea, which is okiaikos, actually means family or relatives and this is very very important i'm defining a house family relative or household so when we are talking about a house scripturally speaking we are referring to a realm of existence wherein it has to do with a family that is made up of individuals who are close to one another are not necessarily a physical building. Even though it can be used for a physical building, like Solomon was building the house of God, which is the temple of God. But that is not a context in which Jesus used this word. Let's take some example from the Bible. Go with me to Genesis 24. I will read a little bit fast from 1 to 7. Genesis 24, 1 to 7. Praise the Lord. And Abraham was old and was striking in age and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Go on now verse two and Abraham said unto his elder servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, in pray thee put I pray thee the hand under my tithe. Mm-hmm. The next thing. And I will make this world by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanite among whom I dwell. What's the next thing? But thou shalt go unto my country, unto my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Verse five. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me. Unto this land. Must I need bring thy son again. Unto the land from which thou comest. Verse 6. And Abraham said unto him. Beware that thou shalt bring not my son. thither again. Verse 7. The Lord of heaven. Which took me from where? My father's house. And from the land of my kindred. And which spake unto me. And that swore unto me, saying unto thee, shall I give this land? He shall send his angel before thee. And thou shalt take a wife unto my son. I mean, my son from hence. The Lord who took me from where? My father's house. So Abraham has a father's house. Now don't forget, Jesus was talking about in my father's house. So we have Jesus' father's house. Now we have Abraham's father's house. Let's just move on a little bit. If you read it from the NIV, it says, The Lord who brought me out of my father's household and my native land. So the answer is household. What's a household? A family. If you read it from the New Century Version, it says, The Lord who brought me from the home of my father and the land of my relatives. So far, it is clear from this above passage that like we just read that Abraham's father's house was his immediate family from amongst whom God called him. Am I correct? Okay, if you are still confused, we still go on. Look at the book of Genesis uh, 46, verse 31. Genesis 46, verse 31. This is going to be Joseph. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Unto what? His father's house. I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. Oh, wait a minute. You mean Joseph had to get something to carry the building of his father from Canaan? Is that what it means? What was the father's house of Joseph? Rightly explained. He is what? Relatives. Other translation, like the New Century, will say, "My brothers and my father's family have come to me." Look at Genesis fifty, verse twenty-two. Genesis fifty, verse twenty-two. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians to his father and the physician what did I say 22 50-22 verse 22 and Joseph dwelt in Egypt he and what his father's house and Joseph lived 110 years and he died where did he dwell in Egypt he and his father's house are you there so it was not a physical building that went to Joseph in Egypt. Am I correct? Good. And so Joseph continued to live in Egypt with all his father's family. That's what he find in New Century Version. Okay. Go into Joshua chapter 2. Verse 1, verse 12, verse 18, if you will. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. The book of Joshua. And Joshua the son of Nam sent out of... Sent out your children two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a hollow house named Rahab and lodged there. Go to verse 12. Now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that's to despise now, that they will also show kindness unto my father's house. And give me a true token. Give me a sign. Rehab was speaking to the spies now. Are you getting that? Where did he show he showing kindness? To what? His father's house. What is that supposed to mean? Come on, talk with me. He will do what? Show relief to who? Show kindness to who? Family or my relatives. When you come to destroy Jericho. Is it making sense? Alright. So, uh, look at verse 18. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread, thread in the window out. this let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Did you get that? So we know that Rahab had what? A father's house. Alright. Acts chapter 7 verse 20. Just follow me. Acts 7 verse 20. Moses was nourished up in his father's house three months. Did you see that there? In which Moses was born, I was excellent, fair, and nourished up in his father's house. How many months? Three months. Praise the Lord. So, the phrase father's house actually means nothing more than what? A person's relative. Is it making sense for you? Good. Look at 1 Samuel 22 verse 1. 1 Samuel 22 verse 1. David therefore departed thanks, and escaped to the cave of Dulem. And when his brethren and all what his father's house heard, or they heard it, they went down there to do to him. When what? All his father's house heard him. All his father's house. That is his relatives. When he heard that they have escaped to the cave in Adulam, they went there. Was it a physical building of Joseph's father's house? I mean David that they carried there. No. Relatives went there. Father's house me, relatives, family, not a building up in the sky. So Jesus was not promising a building. I want that to sink it. In. in my father's house, I many mentioned Jesus was not promising people a building. And I'm going to be explaining. Go with me to Hebrews chapter three. I want you to take a very, very simple translation. We're going to read from verse one to six. Uh, perhaps we we'll just take. Uh, let's look at NIV. Or if you have the New Living Translation, anyone, and it's something very simple, the Living Translation, maybe. Hebrews three, verse one. Therefore. Holy brothers who share the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. Verse 2. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Question Where was Moses faithful to all of where? God's house. Where was Moses servant as a servant that was faithful in? Can anybody tell me? Was it God in heaven? Moses was faithful in God's house. That was a church in the wilderness. Does it make sense to you? Let's read on verse 3. Jesus had been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Verse 4. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Verse 5. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what will be said in the future. Verse 6. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. We are his house. If we hold on to our courage and the hope of quick we are what? we are boost. we are what? his house in my father's house simply means the church <laughs> are you following this? if it takes some other translation check another translation, does this verse any other thing I want to see because in the children's Bible it said we Christians are that house. Let's see, Christ as a son, charge of house or this uh, God's house. He's talking about God's house, and I. Right, talking about God's house. Anyway, you can just leave it. So, but get the point. But Christ as the son is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house. We, 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 we. Is that okay? If we keep our courage, we Christians, we are the God's house. So when Jesus was saying, in my father's house, he was referring to you and I. Let's move on gradually. You're going to get it. Praise the Lord. So Moses being faithful in God's house means what? Faithful as a servant in the church that was where? In the wilderness. Is that okay? Now, jesus is faithful over god's house and we christians at that house is that okay all right let's see other clarification to this first timothy 3 14, 15 first timothy 3 14, 15 good you can take it from you can take it from king james i'm writing these okay these things right unto thee hoping to come unto thee shortly verse 15 but if i tarry long that i may know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of god which is what the church of the living god the pillar and the ground of the truth. What is God's house? The church. But people told you. That the house of God. Is up in the sky. When you die. You go there. And get a mansion. So we tell you. Oh. If you like, I can get. A bus quota. If like, I can get just one room. When I get to heaven. They take your mind away from who you really are they take your mind away from what god intends to do by building you up okay go with me to ephesians 2 19 to 22 king james but is it clear to you that the house of god is the church ephesians 2 19 to 22. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God. Amen. Verse twenty. And are built upon the foundation of the apostle and prophet Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. Verse twenty-one. In whom all the building, fully framed together, growneth unto a holy temple in the Lord. And verse twenty-two. In whom we are also builded together for what? A habitation of God through what? The Spirit. Praise the Lord. Please know these things because they are very important. Okay. So when Jesus said in my father's house, he was only referring to the church, the family of God, but that is dealt Barrier, resurrection and the release of what? The Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So when he was saying let not your heart be troubled why was he saying that? We may not have time to read all of this but I just want to point this out to you. When he told them let not your heart be troubled in verse 1 it was because in Genesis I mean, John 13, while well, they were there at the Last Supper and it was their fate, he told them that he was about to be betrayed and will go to Jerusalem and he's going to be killed. Now they were worried because they all this while believe this is a new movement and Jesus is the head, this is the Messiah. They can no longer comprehend or bring themselves to believe the fact that this Messiah they have come to believe in is going to be killed. So the next thing is, if Jesus is killed, what will be their fate? They are going to face a lot of persecution. Are you there with me? So they were now worried by reason of that statement that he was going to be killed in Jerusalem. So Jesus designing what was in their heart, now told them, let not your heart be troubled. On the ground that I said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be killed. Don't let that trouble your heart. If you believe in God, that he can protect his own, believe also in me. For in this church that is going to be established, you are not only going to be one there, other people are going to come to join you to make up the church that God is building. That's just what he was telling them. That's just what I was telling them. It was a statement to encourage them from being discouraged. That's why I say, Let not your heart be troubled. So you can take time to read from John thirteen at your spare time. So here I was saying that not afraid, going to leave them alone to be persecuted by other people. The fear that descended in the heart of the apostles is what he was trying to calm down in that statement. Praise the living God. And all of those things took place at the Passover table. Amen? So the Father's house is not a physical building, but what a people redeemed unto God. It is the family of God on the earth. We should stop thinking Or waiting to get a mansion when we die. We are that true mansion that God built on the day of Pentecost. To cause himself to dwell in our life through the Holy Spirit. The whole of this promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Nothing beyond that. Praise the living God. I know this may be very strange to so many of you, but this is the truth of God's word. I know this may be the first time you are hearing this. But this is the truth of God's word. So then let's deal with the issue of the mansion. We just dealt with house. What is the house? Talk to me. What is the house? The church. Let's deal with the mansion. My father says how many mansion, right? Now let's use different translation to read that particular verse. So first of all what I didn't know King James said in my father's house I'm in mansion. Sure. Is that okay? Let's look for the Revised Standard Version of that same verse. RSV don't meet or Revised Standard Version I'm looking at John 14 verse 2 John 14 verse 2 Revised Standard Version if you can get it Praise the Lord In my father's house I'm in a mansion. That's what that one says also Go with me to Amplify translation Amplified translation In my father's house There are many dwelling places Now what did we get in that RSV because we're looking for the house Go back to our I mean um, the reverse under version what do you find there Like very good in my father's house are what many rooms the word mansion is the word money m-o-n-e in the greek and that word means what rooms in my father's house can you say this here are many what rooms okay go to the amplified translation In my father's house, there are many words dwelling places. Dwelling places. Remember, we are dealing with the word mansion. Okay. Go with me to you may not have this interlinear translation. Um, take maybe the good news. Good news. There are many rooms where in my father's house. So Only the King James used that word mansion. All of that translation, you can't say the word mansion anymore. It means a room. It means a dwelling place. It means a temple. And that's all. Is that okay? So what do you think God was saying here? Jesus was saying now. The mansion is not talking about buildings. The mansion is talking about individuals. That are going to be in that house, which is the church, that God was going to reside in. Now take it this way: in my father's house are many mansions. Which you paraphrase: in the church of God there are many many people that make up the church. That's all. Are you with me? In the church of God. You are not alone. Other people are there. We are paraphrasing that word. My father's house, how many mansions. So don't be afraid. You are not alone. In the church, there are going to be other people. The rooms has... Oh, glory now. The rooms have to be... I mean, the very place where God himself would dwell, like we read in Ephesians 2, verse 22. 21 and 22. God will not dwell in you by the spirit now if you don't understand what i'm saying you can even see the value of what god have done in coming to a tabernacle in your life when he said the tabernacle of god is with man it is from this particular point that i promise I have to come to be praise the living god so the statement of jesus is not talking of building something up in the sky that when you die, you go and inherit. Four years ago, I was in Mozambique speaking. I was talking to pastors. I don't know what led to it, but I begin to share on this. When I was done, one of the pastors walked to me and said, Thank you so much, sir. You have saved all of us. We have to go back home and talk to the people again said so, you know what during funeral service this is what we quote to tell the brethren not to be worried that they are going to inherit the mansion now we know that Jesus was talking about us not a building up in the sky it was a pastors conference are you listening to me you are that mansion that god is building for his own habitation that's why jesus i mean paul will refer to you that no ye know that you are what? the temple of god praise the living god are you following me good so in this family of god you and i are the very place where god himself is dwelling the word mansion like i said before is the word money and it means a stay in a resident on our board a mansion a dwelling place that's what he's talking about look at john 14 verse 23 john 14:23 praise the lord um, okay take it from verse 22 there was a question from judas verse 22 jesus said unto him not his now lord how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us And not unto the world Verse 23 Jesus answered and said unto him If a man love me You listen to this He will keep my words And my father will love him And we will come unto him And make what? Our abode with him The word abode is the same word Mansion Mansion if the translators were consistent, they would have used the word mansion here. Are you following it now? We will come. If you love me, you keep my word, we will come unto you and make our mansion you. Make you our dwelling place. That's what it was brought in them. Are you following that? So, the word abode here in the same word mansion. And that's what Jesus said. Praise the living God. We make our abode or mansion with him. If you check out that translation, you're going to be able to see. Look at verse, I mean look at the amplifier on that verse. Verse 23. Amplifier. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my words, obey my teaching, and my father will love him. And when we come to make to him, and make what? Our home, abode, special dwelling place, would work with him. Abode. Mansion. Home. I just said. Praise the living God. And this is why Paul will begin to speak in Second Corinthians 6 verse 16. Know ye not that you are what? The temple of God. Our temple also speaks of a mansion a dwelling place, an abode, a room. Praise the Lord. So you find that the one mansion have nothing to do with the physical building. You are actually the mansion or the dwelling place of God where he inhabited right now by his spirit. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something. How do you, because he said if you love me, keep my words and the Father will come. Give me Second John verse 9. Second John verse 9. Praise the Lord. Whosoever transgressed and abided not in the doctrine of Christ had not God. He that abided in the doctrine of Christ had both the Father and who and the Son. The things that keeps God fellowship with you is to believe not just what jesus i mean a doctrine about jesus no about what he taught about what he taught his people about the purpose for which he came here those are the things praise the living God so revelation 21 verse 3 we now say now the tabernacle of God is with man amen praise the Lord are we still following? Alright. So when we're talking about a temple, we are dealing, I mean, the mansion, we are just simply dealing with what? The individuals that are in that in that in that church. Every one of you, that church, I mean the church of God. When it's in my father's house, he meant in the family of God that is building by the spirit. In the church that God is intending to establish, you are not going to be alone. Other people are going to come in. And God is building the church for his own habitation. By what? By the Spirit. So when Jesus died, rose again, and went to heaven as it were, released the Holy Spirit, that promise was fulfilled. Praise the living God. The mansion came into existence. The house came into existence with various rooms. So Jesus' house or Father's house is the church. The church universal. And what is a mansion in the house? Every individual who have come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is now a mansion. Jesus got his promises realized. Jesus got his prayers realized. Today, you are a fulfillment of John 14 verse number 2. Are you following what I'm talking about? jesus i want to be emphatic was never promising anybody that when you die you're going to go up and get a building he wasn't promising that to anybody it's religious deception it's a lie we have all believed before this moment and when a lie gets too long it becomes truth are you sitting with me so Jesus never for once promised you a building so that when you die, you're going to go to heaven to inherit a building. That is a lie. That's a religious deception. Praise the living God. Does it make sense to you? It's a simple word. You tell me, so what? what's the benefit of this thing now that we've just heard? The benefit is that now you know that God is not only interested in building you but is also interested in dwelling in your life. Do you understand this? So that you don't find him outside of you. <laughs> Let me show you this. Go with me to John 3 verse 13. I want to show you something. John 3 verse 13. Remember, Jesus even John 40 made the same statement. So if you don't believe what I'm doing, believe in me because it's not me that's doing the work, but the Father that dwelleth in me is the one doing the work. But John 3.13, he made a statement. Look at this. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is where? It's difficult to talk now. (laughs) It's the only scripture I just gave to you. So, you should be able to see what the scripture is saying. Praise the Lord. Now, let's even ask ourselves a simple question. No man has sent it up to heaven. But we are told that Elijah was taken to heaven. We are told that Enoch was taken to heaven. Now, Jesus came from there and he said, There's nobody there. Who do we believe now? That's why I like confusing you so that your head can be correct. Now, can I explain what Jesus is saying here? If you look at Hebrews chapter 9, we will not have time to read all of that now. The world made us to understand that as long as the tabernacle was standing in the wilderness, nobody had access to the most holy place. As long as the sacrifices were going on, nobody had access to the most holy place except the high priest. Do you understand what I'm saying? That high place in the scripture which has to do with the tabernacle, the most holy place, is what Jesus is referring to now as heaven. So you see, when you look at the tabernacle, you have the altar called the holy place and what? The most holy place. And that's where God dwells this is why jesus was speaking to the people heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall not pass away what do you think he was talking to he was referring to disciples he was telling them everything i'm telling you now will come to pass in AD 70. this temple which you are worshiping in because the temple was a house referred to as heaven because they think god was there are you getting this the belief of the Jews is that God dwells in the temple, which is the most holy place. So Jesus is saying he alone have access to the most holy place. Because Elijah and all those people, they existed or they lived when the tabernacle in the wilderness was still existing. But right now, he is the temple, he is the tabernacle, God dwells in him. Just like God dwells in you. I don't know if you're getting that elijah do not have access to the fullness of god Go to colossians only jesus have that the fullness of god dwells in him have you read that so if the fullness of god dwells in him and god is in heaven where would jesus be that's what he's saying i need your mind to be reconfigured to the father god interest in fact revelation 21 say he saw the temple descending and the scripture said, now nah, the tabernacle of God is what? It's with man. Let me see how Paul shared this with you again. Second Corinthians 6. Let's take it from the last two verses. Second Corinthians chapter 6. The last two verses. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Let's take the last two verses. I just shared that with you. No man has ascended, and those important you can find it. Your machine is missing, okay? Uh, go back to okay, verse 16. I mean, yeah, we take this. He said, Wherefore, come out from among them and be your separate, see the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Look at the next verse will be what? A father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, say the Lord Almighty. Look at the next verse. Is a finished now. Having therefore Okay, I think we need to take it from verse 15 or go to verse 14. There is something I want you to see. Back again to chapter 16 verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath light snare with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? Verse 15. And what concord hath Christ with Belia? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are. The temple of the living God. Everybody say the living God. As God has said, I will do what? I will dwell in them. And I will walk in them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. I will walk in them. I will live in them. Are you listening to me? This is what you have to understand. Listen, for i can to get something into your mind. Jesus is not up in the sky. He's right inside of you. If you're feeling... Listen. You remember when he told the disciples, let them cross over side and the storm came. Is that okay? The storm came right on the river. And and, and guess what? He's the one that told them that they should cross. Meaning he knew the storm was going to come. But what was supposed to be the response of the apostles? They went and woke him up. Because the Bible says he was sleeping when the storm was on. How could you be sleeping in such a storm? They were afraid they were going to die, but he was sleeping. Why was he sleeping? Because he has the peace that passes all understanding. And now, what is the next thing that they, did? they went and woke him up? So what is happening? When you are in terrible situation, wake him up it's right there it's right on your inside tap him and say Jesus wake up you you see praise the living God I need you to consider this God has said I will dwell in them and I walk in them glory to God do you know how God walks in you they shall lay hands on the sick the sick shall recover. I will walk in them. So instead of you coming to this understanding to know that you are the temple of the living God, which are the mansion, that as you walk the street, God is with you, it's right on your inside. I will live in them, I will walk in them. I've only said this to people. You don't know God by miracles. You can only know God by his voice. Do you understand what I'm saying? All those who had miracles they left Jesus in John chapter 6. They all left him when he said eat my flesh, drink my blood. They all saw the miracles. The God, the miracle in the wilderness. Multiply five loaves and two fishes. They got the miracles. But when he said, "Eat my flesh and drink my blood," what's the next thing everybody left. You don't know God by miracles. And I will show you something now, because this word is so powerful. I walk in them. How did Adam and Eve get to know God was in the garden? So they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the evening. Do you understand that? When you go to the book of John chapter 20, no time to read all of that. You see Mary when Jesus died and was buried. And then he went there the next day to anoint the body. pouring the perfume, whatever. And he got there and found that the place was empty. The question was, what are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus. And the answer was that he's not here. And by the time he turned around, he saw somebody standing. That's the person that has a question. And he asks, what are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus. The Bible says he thought he was one of the gardeners. Gardeners are those who keep the cemetery or whatever. And he said, if you know where they have laid him, please let me have him. Now guess what? He was talking to Jesus. But he never knew that was Jesus. And Jesus said, Mary, and instantly, she recognized the voice of Jesus, and said, Rabboni. How did Mary get to know that this is Jesus? The voice. That's why scripture says, No way no man after the flesh. Even though we have known Christ after the flesh, henceforth know we Him no more. Listen, all those calendar you have in your home, all those picture where Jesus I look like one, one baby with you know long hair. Those are just magazine pictures, They are just paintings. They are just photographs. That is not Jesus. He can appear to you in any form, as he appeared to Mary. Mary never knew that this was Jesus. But when he said Mary. recognized the voice. That's why in John 10 he said. My sheep know me. I know them. They know my voice. And the voice of stranger. They will not follow. Did you get that now? You can only know God. Through the voice. Because now you have a relationship with him. I will walk in them. By his voice. As he speaks through your mind as he speaks through your spirit praise god somebody i will live in them i will walk in them i'll be their god and they shall be my sons and my daughters praise the living god so the purpose of that mansion is what i'm here explaining as he builds the mansion he has to live in the mansion he built you as a dwelling place so that he can live in you through what through the spirit praise the living god is anybody fully what i'm talking about i need you to get this thing so that you see let, come back home come back home you, you are staying too far from god you are living too far from god i need you to come together with him Know him that is your father Know him that you are his temple Knowing that wherever you are, God is there. You are never going to be alone. He's always with you. He always resides in you. When troubles are all the place, when the foundation is shaken, when there's an earthquake anywhere, tap him. He's resident on your inside. Come up Jesus. Just say, come up Jesus. Praise the living God. That's all you need. When the storm was blowing on and so heavy, they just went and said, can I know that we we'll perish. They woke him up. And as soon as that happened, what's the next thing? Peace be still. And the storm was sealed. When you wake him up, you will hear his voice. He will tell the storm to cease right there, and you will see the experience that Christ have risen. Even in my life. Praise the Lord. It's not far away, up in the heavens. It's right within us. It's right in your midst. It's your life. It's your life. Give me Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Look at verse 1 to 3. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Praise God somebody. I need you to get this. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Let's get this. We're almost done. So that you can meditate on that sense That we're thinking about Colossians 3 verse number 3. I mean 1 to 3. Are you there with me? If you then be risen with Christ, he didn't say you are going to rise, you've been risen. <laughs> if you were crucified with him, do you believe you are crucified with him? That means you were also buried together with him. Then if he rose, what happened? You rose with him. See, until you there is something called the principle of association. Until you learn to apply that principle. In the reading of God's word. You cannot God must benefit from the word of God. Jesus said we died with him. What is that supposed to mean? That means when he died you died. When he was buried you were buried. Somebody said I only got him through baptism. Okay praise God. No problem with you. I have no problem thinking that way. But first said the fact that you died. Hey, man, somebody. Amen somebody. Listen to this. As in Adam all. What is the all? All humanity. Even so shall in Christ all the world made alive. The all is all embraced. Think about it this way. When you came into this world. Then you were preached to, you were told that you are a sinner. Because Adam sinned. Am I correct? And you believed. What did you do to become a sinner? Why would somebody say you are a sinner and you believe it? You, we all just accepted that, that we are sinners, right? So why is it difficult for me to tell you right now that you are righteous? you accepted to be a sinner because of Adam, why can't you also accept the Father, you are righteous of the God of Jesus? These are two people. One made you a sinner. The other one made you righteous. But it's difficult for us to believe this. Praise the living God. Let me show you what the gospel really is. Three just come, three of you, come. You stand here, face the congregation. Right. Just stay there. No? Okay. Go, up Go a little bit. Stay there, see all you. Come. Stay in his back. You know what? This is ad- Are you getting what I'm saying? This is Jesus. Is that okay? I May mean, not enter your head tomorrow. <laughs> now, this is what is going on. As in Adam, all die. Everybody that is like you have two trains moving. On this train, you have Captain Adam piloting this train. On this train, you have Captain Jesus piloting this train. Is anybody following me? Anybody who is in the train of Adam is considered dead. You didn't do anything. It's just because you have found yourself in his own train. Are you listening to me? Yes, so now I come around as a preacher. Doing witness. And I go around and I look at Captain Jesus. I look at Captain this. Adam and I come to his brother and I say, Brother, you know what? There's another boat over there. And there are a lot of people joining that boat now. And some of these things you are going through here they are coming from this man he's releasing something to you because you are in his boat so go and join that man's boat and he crossed over from adam to jesus and everything that jesus has is coming on him yeah i don't do anything to receive what belongs to me everything that he carries is what is entering my life are you following what i'm saying now then as soon as he crossed there and i cross there and that's how everybody are going to cross and leave adam alone All of us are not coming to join Jesus. Are you following that? Everything that Jesus represents and carries begin to flow from him to this guy and then to me. That is all about salvation. Go and sit down. Praise the living God. When we preach, we are just telling people to leave one train and join another train. And everything the captain has is just pouring on you from behind as you follow him. That is just what we're talking about. So, as in Christ. Now he said, if you then be with be risen with who we Christ seek now the word with is very important. It's association, is joining. Praise the living God. You are joined to him. You are risen together with him. See the thing which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God, which is the place of power, the place of dominion, the place of authority. The next thing. set your affection on things above not on things on the earth verse 3 for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in who? in God your life is hid with Christ in God look at verse 4 when Christ who is what? Our life. When Christ who is Our life. Shall appear. Then shall we also appear. Within what? In glory. And you know what they're describing. Is what happened. On the matter of transfiguration. The Christ. That was in Jesus. Rose. And there was a glory. That everybody saw. Praise the living God. So what I'm trying to make you understand is you are the mansion, you are that very church, the very house that God was building and right now he is residing where? In his church. In his house. In that mansion. His resident right there. You have to have that consciousness that anywhere you are Jesus is there with you. Are you still following me? this is why see is is you can you don't once you have this thing there are things you cannot do because you know he is there with you you can't have this understanding and go to a hotel to look for a prostitute because you know that jesus will not want to go there praise the living god i don't know if you get what i'm talking about you know that he will not like to go there so you can't go there because you're going there you are carrying him there just a simple understanding christ being your life will make you not to do so many things because one you don't want to offend him who is resident in him which is your life praise the living god so what have i said in summary The promise of Jesus was to build you as the church and individuals in that church for the habitation of God through the Spirit. When he say, I will come and take you again, again is nothing to do with the second time. We don't have time to go into all of that. But again is simply a fulfillment of promise. I'll give you an example. If you look at the book of Genesis. Chapter 18 through 19. You are going to see how the three men came. Right? To visit Abraham. And the promise was that your your wife is going to bring forth. You see. I will come again. At the appointed time. And your wife. Shall give birth. Now the question is. When did we have any record. That there was another visitation there was none. But as long as Isaac was born, it means that promise was well fulfilled. He came again. So when he said, I will come again, he's talking about the outpouring of what? The Holy Spirit. That is just it. Not a second visitation. I will visit you as by the Spirit. That where I am, there will be also. Where is he? You go back and in chapter 14. I am in the Father. And the Father is where? In me. He was in the Father. So where are you today? You are in the Father. And the Father is in you. All of this was the promise he was making in John 14. So that God can have a people that he can live his life through. Nothing to do with a second flying from the sky. He wasn't talking about that. He just wanted to have a home through the Holy Spirit where he can reside on the face of the earth. When we walk the earth, we are meant to reveal the God that is resident within us. Praise the living God. That promise was fulfilled when? On the day of Pentecost. It's so simple. But we have always believed Jesus is going to build a mansion Come to think about it. God, who said, Let there be light, and there was light. Why is it taking him so many years to fulfill a single promise that he made? Because we don't have understanding. We think when he said, uh, I want to build a mansion, uh, God is building a mansion, whatever, is doing something up in the sky. No. It's you that is clearly putting in shape for the habitation of his God through the Holy Spirit. And that promise has been fulfilled. So God is now resident where? In your life. Praise God. So you are that mansion. In the house. Many, you are a room. In the very household. Of faith. Is this difficult? Was it hard? But everybody tells me my message is too hard. I don't know. Is this hard? Praise the living God. Now, do you know what mansion is from today? Yes, what is a mansion? The, the room. Praise God. What is the Father's house? The church. the church of the living God. If you can't remember any other scripture, remember 2 Second, Second Timothy chapter 3. Is it 2 Timothy? Chapter 3 verse 15. Is that what we read? Second? First Timothy? 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. Let's read it again. Just to recap. First Timothy three fifteen. Praise the Lord. But if I tarry long, that I may know how the oughters to behave thyself. That means in this house there's a manner of behavior. We don't just behave like other people. Know how to behave thyself. Where in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. It's only in the church you can find truth. Outside of the church, there's no truth anywhere. Is that okay? That's why I well, was in South Africa two years ago. Somebody asked me a question. Almost relating to this. In the church, you have ground. Outside the church, is bottomless pit. People think bottomless pit is a hell somewhere. Now, if it's a pit, there have to be a foundation. There is no pit that I have no ground. If you say it's a pit. So if there is no ground, that means it's no longer what? A pit. And I was listening a few days. Somebody was preaching on TV. Say see. When you then when you sin, you do all this, God will cast you into a bottomless pit, and you'll be falling and falling and falling and falling and falling. falling. <laughs> that childish stories. Be falling and falling, there is no end because there is no foundation. So, for all eternity, you'll be falling. Imagine the gospel somebody's preaching. Praise the Lord! Anything that has no foundation is a lie, truth has foundation, and you can only find the foundation where in the church. So, anything outside the church is bottomless pit. It's a realm of lies and deception that have no end. A continuous lying, a continuous deception. But for the church, there's a foundation. There's a place you can stand. You know, if you are living on lies, what happens? One day, the truth will be discovered, and your foundation is taken away. But when we talk about foundation, say the ground and the pillar of the truth. You are defined that in the church. So you are standing on a solid foundation. Are you still there with me? Yes, sir. Which is the church. The church is built upon a solid foundation, upon the rock. Amen. Amen. Praise the living God.